Winona Forever is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head on over to cageclub.me. Hi, I'm Lindsay Gibb. And I'm Rekha Tulsaram. And this is Winona Forever. Today on our program, we are going to discuss Winona Ryder's first film, Lucas. It was it came out in 1986 and directed by David Seltzer. Um, it stars Corey Haim as a nerdy, you know, teenage boy who has a crush on the pretty girl. It's new, new pretty girl at school, but you know she may or may not fall for a jock uh, played by Charlie Sheen. Um, and it's, you know, a classic teen movie. It has all the feels and a slow clap at the end. So, I think people have said this was the first slow clap. Oh, really? I don't know if that's true. I should have investigated further, but... Um, it's pretty cool. It's a very epic slow clap. It, it was. It lasted at least five minutes. I'm pretty sure. And it was so slow. It was. <laughs> it's like it never slow. sped up. Like it just. No, it never did. Not really. It, it just, just continued, continued to be slow. Incredibly slowly. Um, but let's not to jump to the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's, see, let's tell you how we got there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so as with any chronological analysis of an actor's career, you're going to start out with a movie that they're barely in. And Winona is just makes small appearances throughout this movie. Yeah, she's not in it very much. But, you know, every time she's in it, you know, y- your heart just warms up. Yeah. I mean, at least mine does. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, she, her role in this, really, her name's Rena. Yeah. And she is basically a reaction to Lucas all the time. It's like when something embarrassing happens to Lucas, she's there to see it and look sad for him. And um, she also seems to know a lot about Lucas and possibly has a crush on him. Well, definitely has a crush definitely. on him. And maybe at the end, does he see her? I don't know. I don't know either. I hope so. I think I'm just hoping for it. Um, (laughs) But she's so tiny in it, and so oh my gosh, she's just a baby. Corey thirteen and her are babies in this. Were they both thirteen, fourteen? I think. Uh, Yeah. So they filmed it in 1984. So Winona was definitely thirteen, and I guess if Corey Haim is the same age, then yeah, (laughs) then yes, it's true. I I read the press kit for this, and it did talk about their ages. I will see if I come across anything about his age. Um, yeah, it said that she was 13, I think, when they found her for this. And I actually, when we were watching it, Lindsay, Lindsay and I watched Lucas together a couple weekends ago. And, uh, I noticed that Charlie Sheen had one of his tattoos covered up. And that's when I was like, how old is Charlie Sheen in this? Because, you know, he's, he's a tatted man. Uh, he was 19. So I guess that's fine. Yeah. And the press kit actually said he was 20. So. Okay. Yeah, he was around that age. So one thing that was really like pushed in all of the media that I read for this that came out at the time, all of the reviews started out with like, um, this is a teen movie that actually has teens in it. And that was like the thing that the director was going for. And all the interviews with him at that time, he's saying, you know, I didn't want 20, 30 something year old people in this movie. I wanted it to be real teens and their real problems. Yeah. And I like that they casted uh, Carrie Green as like the pretty girl. 
um, because she was like the main girl in the Goonies, Andy. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, and you know, she was really popular back then. But like, where is Carrie Green now? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What happened to Carrie Green? I don't know. We're going to have to investigate. (laughs) Look up Carrie Green. We'll ask our <laughs> producer, Chris, for more information. You you research Carrie Green while we talk about the movie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the director in the press kit, the director said about this movie, there will be no bare breasts, no dope, and no rock and roll. Instead, it's about the actual pain of being a teenager. It's about confusion and doubting one's self-worth. Huh. So that was his goal. Interesting. Yeah, there definitely was no rock and roll. No. Oh, no, there was. You know when the kids are in the car when they're driving in the portable and uh, convertible, sorry, uh, they're all jamming to some music and that's when they hit the locusts. So uh, there is rock and roll. There's a moment. Sorry. <laughs> but then something bad happens when they're <laughs> it's listening true, to it's rock true. and roll. Yeah. They run into locusts. Yeah, and then they become, they're bully, bullies to Lucas and they kill the locust. Yeah. It's not nice. So Lucas is a kid who really likes insects and yes. is really kind of nerdy and interesting. He can't play tennis. He tried, but he can't. No. Uh, and he likes classical music. And he tries to charm this girl with all these interesting things that are not sports. Yeah. And is he in the AV club or something? His friends are filming like, him at the very, or filming yes, the whole first and he's day of also school in thing. Band. He's uh, right. he collects things for the scientists, science teachers terrarium. Oh yeah, um, yes, he's very into science and, like I said, insects. At the very beginning, we find him <laughs> with a net. It's like yeah. a butterfly net, I guess, and so he's trying to catch different insects. Which apparently that's what the director was like as a kid. He used to walk around with a ah, net. But he also was peeping on the cheerleaders as well with him, with his net. Yeah, he's definitely not a perfect kid. He's <laughs> he's a likable character, but he's he has his flaws. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, did you like this movie, Lindsay? So yeah, I'd never seen it before. Reka, I think you have you already seen every Winona I'd Ryder seen movie? It, yeah, I've seen every <laughs> Winona Ryder movie. Probably there might be one that I haven't, but uh, Lucas, I've I, I own and I've seen like a countless amount of times. Probably like, at, I mean, oh, at least over fifty. I don't know. Oh my god! I don't know. Probably. I mean, um, I've seen all the Nicolas Cage movies, but I don't know if I've seen any of them over fifty times. Because I'm always sharing the film. Like uh, I had you know friends over. I'd be like, well, you got to see Winona Ryder's first film. Right. Uh, and as a teenager. You watch a lot of teen movies and like a lot. Of, oh, at least I did. I watch a lot of '80s teen movies, so it'd be like kind of a thing. Yes. Um. But so yeah, and that's all. Like really, all I did was watch movies in my youth. <laughs> so, so I, I did. I did like Lucas. I don't think I had real expectations for it. I mean, I think I thought I would like it as an '80s teen movie liker. Um. But I don't think I really even knew what it was about going into it. I think all I knew was that Winona Ryder was in it and Corey Haim was in it. Though I think from the copy that my friend lent me that I never watched, I think the cover had Winona Ryder on it. So I think I had, if I'd watched it when he lent it to me, I would have had expectations of her being in it more than she was. Yeah, you would have definitely. Like, <laughs> um, But knowing that, like I went in knowing it was her first film when I right. first saw it. So yeah. I was, it was kind of like, oh, this is how she started. Right. Um, She's cute and tomboyish. Yeah. 
Yeah, she she's really hip. She has, I think she wear, might wear a band T-shirt, but I didn't recognize the band, so oh. I don't know. There was one she had a printed T-shirt and a skirt, and I thought it was cool. It's a good look. Yeah, uh, Winona, when she was like that age, she uh, she said in junior high she would wear like men's suits, and uh, you know a lot of the times she'd get beat up, and people would call her fag because they just didn't know what to make of her. Mm. So I think you know that's when she started to. She turned to acting. And then she was doing an audition at the American Conservatory Theater, and she was reading a monologue from Franny and Zoe that she just made up. Uh, and that's when she was discovered, I guess, by her agent. And what we've... Oh. Yeah, and then I guess, yeah, she auditioned for Desert Bloom, mm-hmm. and through that was discovered or by David Seltzer. Yeah, so David Seltzer saw that audition, okay. like a video of it, I guess, and liked her for this character, for Rena. Um, and they went and found her and got her for it. So what do you think of this in, like, the 80s teen movie, like... I think it's dated like obviously like at the time it was like so wholesome and like kind of you know it's a very very wholesome film but now it's just because it doesn't really work there's been a lot of teen movies that have come out about the nerdy boy chasing after the pretty girl but they've obviously twisted that scenario because usually the nerdy boy gets the pretty girl in these nowadays um but looking back at the film uh I was just like I just found Lucas kind of I was kind of annoyed by him and I was, I used to like, you know, really identify with him and maybe that's why I'm annoyed by him now. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, he's just like, go away. I'm like, you go away, Lucas. Come on, like (laughs) take a break. (laughs) Take a breath. Yeah. There's definitely some dated things in this. I would say there's the part near the beginning when he's driving in the car. Um, Is it Maggie? Is that the character's name with Maggie? And um, which is the girl that he likes, the new girl. And she's talking about how her father is dating a 19 year old. And he's like, and she, you know, she's basically saying this is inappropriate. I don't like it. And he's saying, um, be open yeah, to it. Yeah. It could be okay. <laughs> be open keep to an age open mind is what he, yeah. Yeah, his line about everything is keep an open mind. But like at the same time, he really hates, you know, <laughs> a lot of things. Oh, yeah, that's true. He hates all the jocks, football, cheerleaders. He hates it. But, he, you know, he really always tells her to Maggie to keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. So it just in his favor, I think, you know, to bugs. And I think the other thing that uh, that doesn't have longevity with a move of Lucas's is that. So at some point in the movie, um, she obviously likes Charlie Sheen and she's out with Charlie Sheen and he asks if he can kiss her. And oh yeah, that was really kiss. good. And I was like, that's consent. Yes. He asked for <laughs> consent. But then later she's talking to Lucas and about like, um, you know, why some people just want to be friends and why some people are more attracted to each other. And she's making it very clear that she's not attracted to Lucas. And then he goes to kiss her anyway. And then she like, moves away and is like, no, I'm yeah. obviously not giving you signals that I want to kiss you. I'm blatantly telling you that this is not She actually happening. said, like, I just want to be a friend. And yeah. then he, and then tried he gets mad her. and runs away. Yeah. So Lucas. It's uh, no good, Lucas. Yeah, not good. Does not stand up. Nope. Sorry. 
So Chris investigated, and Carrie Green has been doing some things. She was on Murder, She Wrote, and Law and & Order, and just, like, episodes of shows and, like, after-school school specials, I guess. And her last credit is in 2012 with something called Complacent. So that's a long time ago. Yeah. Where are you, Carrie Green? Yeah, maybe she's just casually acting when she feels like it. Yeah. I mean, maybe she'll be in, like, the next Goonies remake or sequel. I mean, if there is one... Is there going to be one? I don't know. I'm just hoping. I don't know. <laughs> if you t- create buzz, maybe it'll happen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, the other thing about this movie that like puts it into the... Um, like he was saying he was trying to get away from Brat Pack style movies. But the thing that sort of like puts it back into that um, realm is that it's set in Illinois. Which is John Hughes's Oh yeah, area. it's his place. It's um, Chicago. But apparently this director also grew up there. So... He's marking his territory. Yeah. He's Whoa. like, I can do movies in suburban Illinois, too. Just different. Just different totally teen movies. Different kind of thing than you. Yeah. So what did you think of Charlie Sheen in this? I know you were kind of skeptical of Charlie Sheen as a person. Uh, well, uh, well <laughs> like anyone. Actor. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, hashtag. No, um, I'm not going to use any hashtags. Uh, I think he was fine. Like, I thought, like, he played the jock guy well like i think he was fair he was like the nice jock so you'd always appreciate the nice jock that was always like yeah. looking out and protecting lucas i appreciated that he was you know i mean objectified a lot but you know that's that's nice <laughs> that's nice no yeah i thought charlie sheen was pretty good in this it actually made me want to look back at his like earlier years when maybe he would have been a better more interesting actor the only like 80s movie that i do remember him and having a small role was ferris bueller's day off do you remember he was in the police station with oh, jennifer yes. gray i think in the because was ferris bueller what year was that do we know 85 I think. okay so it was before this yeah so there's mention of the fact that he was in ferris bueller briefly in the press kit that okay I for so this. maybe this is like a second second Film yeah, or something. he hadn't been in. I think he'd been in things with like his dad or something previous. Oh, as well. okay. Also, the press kit talks about each cast member from the perspective of the director. He talks about like how he felt about each of them. Mm. Um, so he said about Winona Ryder that she has a certain delicacy. True. That was what. True. That's his feeling <laughs> on her. Um, he thought Carrie Green was immensely soulful. Yeah. Wow. Not sure I feel that way. No. Sheen had a sense of humor. Courtney Thorne Smith was wholesome. I think that was probably accurate. Yeah. And Haim was mischievous. Well, that character definitely yeah. is. And I don't know. I've heard weird things about Corey Haim at the time. And I don't know. I, I, I guess he was... Him and Corey Feldman were buddies. And they were getting involved in all those Hollywood things. Uh Parties but that's what parties like yeah bad drug bad stuff drug stuff but i don't i think that maybe lucas was pre before all that i don't I know i mean it seemed fairly early in yeah. the career but yeah who knows? but i don't know how these things work well we've heard Corey feldman talking well, about um you know them being abused yeah by yeah I guess, men in the exactly. industry older men in the industry so i think i mean Corey haim definitely had a rough life yep. based on Everything that happened. Um, but he was very cute in this and generally <laughs> likable. 
Yeah. Winona Ryder said about her character, and this is also from the press kit, uh, Rena has been painfully in love with Lucas for years, even though he doesn't feel the same way about her. She'll go on loving him for years. So that's where I wonder if she thinks they don't get together. That yeah. she just goes she on loving thinks. him for years yeah. and it never happens. Yeah, well, you've all been through. We've all been there, Rena. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what makes it. I mean, I, know, I that's guess another he's Winona successful Ryder, like, and making know. it relatable. Yeah. Um, there was she was relatable at her first role. Like, she knows what she's doing, even if she doesn't. Basically, the premise as we get along in the movie, aside from all this, like. It's not even a love triangle. It's like a love quadrangle or like, yeah. I don't know, five-sided. Well, there's that Ben scene where, where like, oh. I think it's Winona looks at Corey. Corey looks at uh, Carrie Green. Carrie Green looks at Charlie Sheen. And Courtney Thorne Smith is looking at Charlie Sheen, who's also looking at Carrie Green. Right. So that was... That was amazing. I really loved that scene. It was, Everybody, it was just a choir yeah. singing and looking. Band from playing and... Oh, yeah, it was the choir. Kid kid. Yeah. yeah. And it was just panning from each person. It was a really neat scene. Yes. I'm doing hand gestures in the air. You can't see <laughs> it. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a great scene. But aside from it being about that, it's also, I mean, he tries to win the love of this girl by joining the football team. Yes. He's a very scrawny, small guy who's completely not interested in football. But because she joins the cheerleaders, he figures that that's and because she starts dating a football player he figures that's the only way to get her and he challenges i guess he says it's his human right or something to, yeah, yeah. or constitutional right to uh try out for the team and get a fair chance even though he's small yeah he calls uh, his the coach a pissant oh nice yeah. yeah yeah he was pretty I, he got away with a lot of things i don't think yeah. someone would get away with for a kid well, what school. i don't know is like how how was Winona Ryder's character the only person who knew about his parents? Parents. So that was the other thing. He was pretending that his he pretended his dad was a lot of different things. I yeah, think. Yeah, I think they're just wealthy, like yeah. generally, and then they lived in this big mansion where he, Lucas worked at. But really, he lived in a trailer park with his dad, who was an according to Winona Ryder's character, an alcoholic. Right. Yeah, And so Winona seemed to be the only person who knew that because there's a moment where uh, after the football game, he gets injured in the football game and goes to the hospital and they figure they better go tell his parents. So they end up in this like wealthy neighborhood where he's a gardener, but he's told people he lives there. And uh, Winona's like, he doesn't live here and takes them to the trailer park where he lived. They didn't find the dad, did they? No, the ne dad never showed up. You never see Lucas's parents, but... Uh, right. Yeah, that like I guess that changed things for the main characters. They're like, oh, this kid is not a rich kid. I don't yeah. know. Like, <laughs> I, I guess they just they realized felt, he had yeah. secrets. And yeah, he had secrets deeper, darker than they. Yeah, they imagined. felt bad. They just felt bad for yeah. the kid. And so the slow clap comes in, <laughs> where you know Lucas has you know against all odds played on this in this big football game even though nobody wanted him to be on the football team he was too small he didn't know anything about how to play football he gets demolished in the game but is a hero nonetheless yes and so the um the, the slow clap comes oh yeah so he goes into school after he's out of the hospital and he thinks everyone's gonna like hate him because he like really blew this football game 
they were they were losing, but they lost even harder. Uh, and so like everyone's giving him weird looks suddenly, and then the slow clap starts, and Lucas. Well, the slow class starts because he opens his, his locker, locker and they yeah. gave him a letterman jacket or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, with his name on it. it out. Yeah. And the slow clap starts. Yep. And it just it keeps go- going. And as he holds the jacket, looks at it, realizes it has his name on it, and there's clapping. There's so much clapping. <laughs> and it never gets any when faster. When Rider looks at it, <laughs> she clasps her hands together. He smiles. All her fr- his friends are there. They're all smiling at him and clapping slowly, <laughs> slowly, slowly. Everybody. And then he just raises his arms in the air and it's the end. And freeze, freeze, freeze frame, frame and arms, arms in, in the, the air. air. And so I, my note at that point in time was, <laughs> is it really a good moral of the story that you were a nerd, but you were accepted by the jocks? And so... Therefore, that has made your life. Like, you are better because better. the jocks like you. Yeah. I think that's the moral of the story. I guess. Yeah. I, I didn't, guess. That was the thing that I didn't love. I no, guess, about I mean. That I yeah. felt like that shouldn't. What is the message here? Yeah. Should he not have like succeeded in his science or in some aspect that he was actually interested in instead of like. Yeah. Like he should have tried like, football. Something Everybody to do with the locusts. Now. I think that it should have tied in. There was so much stuff with the locusts. Yeah. Eventually, like, he should have just, like, been a champion locust catcher. I don't know what... <laughs> well, it was the one year that the locusts <laughs> were coming in 17 Yeah, years like, he could have, like, so. you know, got a grant or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think As that was more symbolic uh, of, like, <laughs> we've encountered each other in this random moment in time. These locusts are yeah. here at this random moment in time. I don't know. 17 years. It could have been all kinds where of he's things, having but. the conversation. He's like, where, where are you going to be in 17 years? And here we, we are Googling we see each other. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any other thoughts about this movie? I mean, I wouldn't show it to my kids. As no? a, like a, I wouldn't recommend it as a teen movie that they should see. Because it's so dated. Yeah. Maybe in their 20s. Yeah, you, I mean, go ahead, watch <laughs> it whenever. But th- you mean there's better teen movies to be Oh, like, totally. Hey, there's better this. teen movies, yeah. This is like that is fair. It has its own qualities, but I think it's, it's super dated and see it for the sake of like Winona Ryder. But that's that's probably the best part about it. Uh, I think I have another thing from the uh, <laughs> I took all the notes from the uh, press kit. So at that time, I guess she was living in San Francisco or nearby San Francisco. And when she was not studying at the American Conservatory Theater, she was working at a nuclear freeze office. That's pretty cool. Uh, (laughs) And I'm guessing her parents put her up to that. Her parents owned like a counterculture bookstore Uh in Petaluma, California. Interesting. Um, You know, she had kind of a hippie upbringing. She lived in a commune uh, up until she was seven. Oh, wow. Um, and I think, yeah, eventually they moved to Petaluma and her parents had that. Petaluma uh, is mentioned. Her mm. her godfather was Allen Ginsberg. Holy. Yeah. Yeah, one her, of her parents was a poet, weren't they? I'm trying to look to see. If it yeah, says. they're like writers. They, they wrote a book uh, about like authors who do drugs or have done drugs while writing, like famous authors. Okay. Her parents, uh, her parents, this yeah, her parents. Interesting. Yes, it says she liked to listen to music, write poetry, read, watch movies, 
hang out with her friends who are mostly writers and poets. <laughs> and she was really into things Irish. Oh. That's what, at that time. At the time. When she was 14. <laughs> One interesting thing from the press kit about Corey Haim is that his debut was on the Edison Twins. Do you remember oh, the yeah. Edison Twins? <laughs> the Edison Twins. <laughs> Two days are quite the same. Yeah. Anybody who's <laughs> not Canadian will be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but Corey Haim is from Toronto. We are in Toronto right now. And uh, Was the Edison Twins shot in Toronto? It was definitely Canadian, but I don't know exactly. I feel like it's, I feel like it's a West Coast town. thing. Yeah, if, yeah it yeah. felt West Coast to me. Probably was. Chances are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not research the Edison <laughs> Twins in preparation for this podcast. All right. Well, that concludes today's <laughs> podcast. That, that's the end of our feelings <laughs> yes. about Lucas. Um, um, what's the next movie? The that next we're gonna movie we're going to talk about is Square Dance, Winona's second feature film, uh, uh, co-starring uh, what's his name, Rob Lowe. Yes. Yep. Yep. More Brad Pack people. Yep. I don't Cities. think we're going to escape them for a little while. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Chock full of them. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Winona Forever is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. Episodes produced by Chris Landry. Music by No Refunds. Hosted by Lindsay Gibb and Rekka Tulsaran. Contact Rekka and Lindsay at Winona at cageclub.me. Want to go to the movies tonight, Lucas?